morning, Kansas City. This is, of course, the running back playoff show here on 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens, Pete Sweeney, 5 a.m. Thursday morning. Ah, we're getting close, Pete. There's no doubt about it. We are three days away, 5.40 p.m. Sunday, Arrowhead Stadium. Buffalo Bills visiting the Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC title. Chiefs in their third AFC title game in a row. Just feels good to say. It's a very, very impressive feat. It just feels like, I don't know, obviously like you've been here before. Right. Obviously, it feels like, just feels like you're ready for something, but you're just trying to pace yourself to get there. Like three years ago, it was New England and everybody the entire week on edge. It's Tom Brady. It's Bill Belichick. Are they ready? Last year, Super Bowl or bust. Well, it's every year now. It's like, man, let's just get here. Let's just see what we're going to do. We're playing Tennessee. It's Derrick Henry. And now it's just kind of like, all right, let's hope Buffalo's ready. I think the Super Bowl or bust thing is is every year at this point moving forward because now you have Mahomes, who has been the best player in football these last couple of years, and you have him through the next 12 seasons. And similar to how New Orleans felt with Breeze and Green Bay has felt with Rodgers, it's disappointing when you don't win the title. And – you know, you talk about the Buffalo Bills this weekend. They're going to be okay if they end up losing the AFC title. I mean, that is a great season for them because they've finally taken that step. You feel like you're one of the premier teams in the AFC. Whereas if the Bills win, you know, it, the Chiefs' season is disappointing. I think you got to at least get to the Super Bowl. And for me, and I've always felt this way, once you get to the Super Bowl, you're dealing with the best teams in football. I, I think all bets are off at that point, but you got to be there as, as much as you can if you're Kansas City with this quarterback. Yeah, I think, and, and we'll get into this quarterback because he is the hot topic that is surrounding this AFC Championship week. But I think I think that when you, when you put this in reality, the NFL in a cliche season, or I guess in a cliche franchise, is, what would you say, probably a three-year, solid three-year window if you're built to win now. Like, Tampa's going to be decent this year. If they all come back next year, which it kind of sounds like they will, unless Chris Godwin gets signed somewhere else because he's a big free agent. But it sounds like Gronkowski's ready to come back for at least one more year. They have a two- to three-year run with Tom and and Gronk and Mike Evans and that team. Kansas City kind of gives you that feeling like this isn't a three-year window. This is something that is five, six years in the making, and then they rebuild and carry on the legacy That is Patrick Mahomes, and that is why, and we played that clip for Max Kellerman yesterday, that now he's on our side. He's kind of seen the way things uh, evolve in Kansas City, that it seems that as long as Patrick Mahomes is part of this franchise and Andy Reid is part of this franchise because everybody says quarterback, head coach, that's your combination. Moving forward, there's always going to be a chance, and numbers don't lie. Repetition, consistency is always there. And again, third straight time you're hosting an AFC championship game, third straight AFC championship game. It seems every year Mahomes is a possible MVP candidate. And I get it. It sounds 
It sounds overly done. It sounds lame. It sounds lazy. But it just gives you the feeling that as long as Patrick Mahomes is behind the center and playing quarterback, this team every year moving forward, at least for the next three to four years, right. is going to have that mantra or that you know that written on the on the dry erase board Super Bowl or bust just because of how talented this quarterback is and how great this head coach's legacy is becoming. And you put the two together, and it's like that Mark Wahlberg and George Clooney film, The Perfect Storm. Well, you have that ultimate advantage, and I'm thinking about where you've seen you put the two teams stacked up next to each other, and yeah. one says quarterback, and then you have running back, and like you have the different checks. We've all seen those graphics online. Yeah. I mean, against most teams in the league – the Chiefs should always in every game have quarterback checked unless you're an opponent of the other team, a fan of the other team, and you're trying to push for your guy. Okay, whatever. But you're going to check the quarterback, and you're going to check the head coach. How many head coaches? Unless you're maybe playing Bill Belichick, which we'll see. I yeah. mean, as Andy Reid continues to have this postseason success, that conversation may start to change a little bit. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Part of the way that you got ahead of yourself by was by mentioning Chris Godwin's name. Right. The Chiefs might be in the market for a wide receiver. Stop. That's a conversation for that another day. That's morning. a conversation for another day. I'm wearing another, another season. Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. Because he's the biggest story right now. His status for this game. We'll go through the latest of what we know. And we'll start with Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. He spoke to Good Morning Football, and that was on Wednesday morning. Well, Patrick Mahomes remains in the NFL's concussion protocol after leaving Sunday's game early. There is some optimism, both from the team and from the people I've spoken with, that Mahomes will be able to play on Sunday. But because it is the concussion protocol, because there are so many different steps that he must clear, no one knows for sure whether or not he is going to be out there. So let's take a look at where we are right now. The test for Mahomes yesterday was essentially uh, accelerate his heart rate, do some athletic activity and see if he had symptoms. It sounded like that went well enough to where there's some optimism that he will be able to practice today. That is the hope from what I understand that he'll be able to get out there if he is at practice today. That puts him more than on track to be cleared by Sunday. And then, of course, there's an interesting question of it didn't seem like he got hit on the head. Why is this a concussion? From what I understand, the NFL's concussion protocol includes uh, injuries that do not necessarily have to be a hit on the head. There are other things that can be included in the NFL's concussion protocol besides just taking a hard hit to the head. That is where Patrick Mahomes in, so is so he is in the protocol. And again, the hope is that he'll be out on the practice field later today. So he was on the practice field, and we know that now. And then after practice, here's what Andy Reid had to say about the status. Yeah, um, so he looked good. He's just uh, he's in the protocol, so they, there's only certain things he can do and. And it's a limited basis, but today is a little bit limited practice. So he this fit right into what he could do, and and um, but he took all the snaps, and you know he feels he feels good. So I mean, we just we're just going to follow this protocol uh, as close as we possibly can. So. so the sequence that went down yesterday after this press conference was the initial injury report comes out, which we've been talking about all week because the Chiefs have so many players banged up the initial injury report comes out and Mahomes was a full participant and it started going somewhat viral the Chiefs then put a video of him almost like a play action screen type of pass and they put it online people are freaking out about that eventually 
The Chiefs have to come back and say he was limited, reason being a player that is still in the concussion protocol can't technically have a full practice. And then they deleted the video just to make sure that they were all right. But here's what I think happened. We've seen these practices at training camp that are like, they're called 10-10-10 practices, which is just way lighter of a day. And you'll see them during the regular season. And it, it, it half continues to preparation, half gives the Chiefs a break from their full practice, full game plan, which, as Reed was alluding to, happens on Thursday. So what I think was going on is I don't think the Chiefs initially realized a player in the concussion protocol can't be full but Mahomes was as full as he could be for one of these 10-10-10 practices. The status to watch to me will be, all right, now that they're getting full ready on Thursday afternoon for the Buffalo Bills, what is his status going to be for today's practice? I think Thursday is an important day, right? Because Friday is just the solidification day. If Friday you're not on the field, that basically just means you're not playing when it comes to Sunday's game. I think today is a big day because – I think it's just going to add to the molehill that is the piled on. And I, I'm starting to realize that, that a lot of you guys are going to just eventually just piss these guys off because every day is like the same question. And it's just, yes, he can play limited practice. Yes. he passed all this. Yes. He looked good. How many more cliches can we give you about Patrick Mahomes at the point on Monday? I was at the point where it's like, let's just figure out what's wrong. Let's just get to a point where we know where he's at. Let's just make sure he's fine. Right. It seems we're past that and it's only been three days and I get it that it's Thursday. It's five o'clock in the morning. It's the second to last practice. Thank God this team doesn't have to travel. Like this is, it, this just shows you like the severity the this year of having home field advantage yeah. because at least they can just get him to his house, get him out of this, this spotlight. And I understand when you're this type of player and you're this prolific and you need to be uh at full strength when it comes to this part of the season. I get it, man. Like there's nothing more important to this team right now than the health and the, the, just the, the backing of Patrick Mahomes and yesterday's practice goes from outside to inside. And then today, you know, we don't know what's available for Patrick Mahomes to do at practice, but it seems like what the chiefs are doing is they know that he's feeling better. There's no way in my mind, like I'm going to compare this to the flu game. If this, if this young man goes out there and does what I think he can do Sunday, we'll maybe get into that tomorrow on the run it back playoff show here on 610 sports radio. But it seems like the most impossible thing to do is to tell him to ease it back. Right. And we brought this up or you brought this up yesterday when, when the knee injury happened, like the next day he was like, I'm ready to go. Like I can practice, I can practice, I can play. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the narrative switches to, not three to four weeks, but it could just be like one to two games. And it was what, three games? He missed Minnesota, Green Bay. No, it's two games. He missed right. Minnesota, Green Bay, half of Denver, and came back against Tennessee. It seems like Mahomes is still young enough and at that age to where he's going to go if he's ready to go. And if he can pass these tests, it seems like that's the case. Because again, nobody knows really, honestly, right now, like what happened in that game. And we never really truly will until someone sits down with Mahomes and says point blank to him. Hey man, what was going on after that game? But it seems like the narrative is starting to flip to, we just have to get through the NFL's policy. And then once that happens and we can clear him, he's good to go and he's fine. And yeah. I get it. The young ones are going to want to get out there and they're, they're ready and they're eager. But I think it's more so like, he's just maybe 
maybe he is just that special to where it doesn't affect him and he is just just doing protocol and doing what he has to do. But in reality, he's ready to go, man. I think at this point we could say it's above 90% that he'll play. I mean, it seems like it's a done deal. It's just a matter of getting through the remaining tests. I mean, that's the signs that the team is given, and it really does seem like everybody's optimistic there. And the NFL loves to hear that. What is amazing to say is on a slate that includes Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Josh Allen, a, a really good young quarterback, right? Mahomes is still the biggest draw. So, you know, they don't necessarily want the league. They don't want Henny versus Allen. They want to see these two young studs go after each other, and I think we're going to get it. Also worth noting, Mahomes is dealing with a toe injury. He was listed on the injury report with a toe injury and seemed to hinder his throwing toward the end of the first half, looked a little bit better before the injury. Uh, Should be okay. We'll see. I mean, he's got two games left, as we were just talking about. Uh, you know, once he gets past the, con- the concussion protocol, it seems like that's an injury he can just push push through. I don't think a toe is going to keep Mahomes out of the AFC title game. The other in- injuries to know. The only player who missed practice to start the week was Willie Gay. He's still trying to recover from that high ankle. That's one we'll continue to monitor. But the rest of what I consider a lot of key players here all at least did something. They were limited like Mahomes yesterday. They were Bashad Breeland. He's in the concussion protocol as well. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's dealing with that high ankle as well since week 15. So we're getting to that time where he should be ready to go. Rashad Fenton, the cornerback, he has a foot issue. He didn't play, but he's limited uh, yesterday. And then Sammy Watkins with the calf injury. It seems to be trending in the right direction. He was only limited. So I think the thing to watch the rest of these guys for their participation Thursday and Friday, usually if they're able to get a full practice in, that's a really, really good sign for their status to me. Still the biggest ones to watch is Watkins because of what he means to this team's offense. And I tend to think Breland's just because of Stefan Diggs. I 100% agree when it comes to Breland. I think he's the one that we kind of, and I think the text line, uh, 913-576-7610, I think they kind of hinted at it yesterday when we were talking about that is, you know, Breland's a big piece because I think we're past the point where we don't have to worry about Legereus Need, and we'll get into Tyra Matthew here in a little bit, or maybe I will. Um, but Breland is is big to me. That's the one I'm watching today, Pete, is is how Bashad Breland takes the practice field if he takes the practice field. Yeah, I mean, he was out, out there yesterday, and so like Mahomes, and it's just, you know, well under-talked about because he's a cornerback and not a quarterback, it seems to be trending in the right direction, and he just got, has to get through the protocol. It's this five-pronged test, and if they're on the practice field, you know, they're probably at stage four-ish of, or even five of the protocol. And let's just see if, if they're able to get, get passed today. I mean, if Reed comes out and says, all right, he's passed, he's ready to go, We're talking about Mahomes and even Breland, I mean, you're going to feel really good about this game. It's week of the AFC Championship game. It's the running back playoff show here on 610 Sports Radio with Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens. Coming up, Tyreek Hill just doesn't let certain things go when it comes to the disrespect of who he is in the NFL and what position he really does play. And also, I think it's time we have some serious conversations about the Honey Badger. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
Back in on the Running Back Playoff Show, 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Liggins, Pete Sweeney, just about 10 minutes shy of the 5.30 clock time on a Thursday morning. Hope everybody's doing well. Got one more day till Red Friday. That's when this show gets real, real serious. That's right. At least numbers would indicate that. We, uh, we're excited to have you along as we get you ready for Chiefs Bills Sunday at 540. Remember, you can hear that game call by call with Mitch Holtis on 106.5 The Wolf. And then they have you ready over here on 610 Sports Radio with post game. And then the man, the myth, the legend, Jay Binkley, takes you all the way into the midnight hour. Just burning the midnight oil. As he does. Pete, I think it's time that we seriously have a talk because I know rings and playoff success kind of build legacies. And to steal a line from the Sandlot, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. It's all in your heart, and it can never go wrong. I think when it gets to this defense, we tend to forget maybe sometimes because this offense is so prolific and it's so historic. I think that this offense will eventually go down uh, when they talk about the great offenses of the NFL. And I don't know if the Chiefs have officially peaked uh, with their offense of success. I think they could get better. I think when crazy to say that, but you're it right. is, I think that with the development of Clyde Edwards, Elaire with the, with the age and the, and the mental and all that, that grows with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, I think is, is has peaked. I think we get um, maybe another year maybe of what we saw this year. Godwin or Corey Davis coming in or something. If, yeah. If that happens, that'd be insane. I mean, I just, I would, I would kiss you on the lips <laughs> if the Chiefs signed Chris Godwin. Um, but I think it's time to seriously talk about Tyron Matthews' legacy with the Kansas City Chiefs. And the reason I bring this up, Pete, is because so many people in the Chiefs' history of their fan base, Mm -hmm. I don't think you'll ever replace who sits the top of the defensive mountain when it comes to Kansas City Chiefs' legacies. Derek Thomas will never be replaced. I think that is probably the top defensive player in the history of the Chiefs' kingdom. I think Buck Buchanan's up there. I think Bobby Bell is probably up there. Yep. You could throw Willie Lanier in there if you want to go at four. But I think there's a serious case that if the Chiefs win a Super Bowl and they do it with the guys that they did it with last year and Tyron Matthew continues to have this type of legacy, I think we could start seriously considering Tyron Matthew as a top five defensive player all time for the Chiefs, and I get it. His tenure here has not been long, but it's been so impactful that people will remember this. You think about it right now. He has the most interceptions per defensive player since 2019 since joining the Chiefs. I get it, small sample size, but it seems the Badgers seems to always find a way to step up in the game. If you remember last year, we're damn sure who coined the teams saying running through the playoffs with a championship swagger. Then that turned into rents due. Then that turned into the pointing to the head. Like I'm always here. I'm one step ahead. And people underestimate the run this team had when it came to the defensive front. And this is a game coming up Sunday that gives the opportunity to do it one more time. I don't have to remind you who had a huge interception in the game against Cleveland. That interception deflated Baker Mayfield for a little bit. It put that offense on hold, and it gave the chief and the Chiefs offense an opportunity to move forward. Should have got three points out of it. Should have. Right. Now, there was a missed field goal by Harrison Butker. We've officially stopped calling him by his nickname until he can prove it different. But That's, kicker.org, of course. It's, it's done. 
it's uh, it's over with. We'll get back there. You know, your privileges are taken away until you can prove it that they're back. That's nothing against mm-hmm. him. It's just you got to earn it again. Yeah. But Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, the landlord, rents do all of this type of stuff, does things that great players in franchise history tend to do. They do things that stick into your head mentally. They coin themselves as a leader by leading on the field and off the field. And they just tend to build that legacy. And I think that we're here with Tyron Matthew. And if you put another ring on this man's finger and he continues to be, quote, unquote, the landlord, the swagger that does build the championship front on this defense. And, Pete, this is a game in which I'm not saying they have to lean heavily on the defense, but this is a game where the defense, again, has to step up. And I get it. Guys like 95 and 55 are fun to watch on the field because they're so charismatic and their personality is very colorful. But to me, when I'm 55, 60 years old, and I'm talking to my grandkids or my kids about this team, one of the first names that's going to come to my head is Tyron Matthew, the way that Bobby Bell comes to people's minds, the way that Buck Buchanan and Derek Thomas come. There are people that are my father's age or older that still remember very vividly the game in which Derek Thomas had seven sacks and should have had eight and went absolutely nuts. They remember the Derek Thomas strip. Just like people that are my age or younger will remember championship swagger, rent being due, and the landlord. And I think that there is a very, very strong case that he could go down as one of the top five defenders in Chiefs history. You make a lot of good points. I I always caution myself from speaking on Lanier, Bell, and Buchanan only because we didn't really get to see them as much. But to be in the same conversation and breadth of – Thomas and what he meant to the franchise and really football as a whole is incredible to say. And I, and the crazy thing is I, I think it's the right thing to say. And it's been going around this week. I saw the take that Tyron Matthew should be considered the top free agent acquisition for this Kansas city chiefs franchise of all time. And that's in the same conversation with the guy like priest Holmes and Len Dawson and Joe Montana. And we're not saying definitively, right? We're not saying definitively, but as far as the idea that he can even be considered is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I think the thing I love most about watching Tyron Matthew is not necessarily his own play, which is usually fantastic. Of course, there were some games really in the first half of these last two years that I I think he wished he played a little bit better. But the second half has been elite And he not only plays well himself, but he also brings up some of these other younger players. I think about Trevarius Ward, who was an undrafted free agent the Chiefs traded for. I think about Legereus Sneed, who, as a fourth rounder, a guy who has no business playing the way he's played this year, is playing outstanding. I I think about Juan Thornhill, who, I mean, I'm waiting until next year on Thornhill. I think sometimes it takes a year to recover, but... Man, that rookie season was fantastic. Let's see what he can do next year. And so not only what he does himself, but just bringing other players up. And it's worth talking about, too. You know, this is a contract that runs through 2021. 28 years old. Is this a guy that is a candidate for what would be an extension in the offseason? I don't think you have a choice if you're the Chiefs of of re-signing this guy for, you know, another three to five years at least. Yeah, we talked last week about guys that take things personal. And Tyrant Matthews is one of those guys that it just seems that every week is personal. It seems that he do, he just seems to say the right things. He seems to just have that energy on the field and off the field. 
It's the great story of where he became, where he was, where he's at now. I get it. He played with Houston. He played with Arizona. But this is a guy that that almost on a third team revamped his career, got a Super Bowl ring, and now he's after a third for a second ring. And again, I think legacies are just built, and legends are built, obviously with jewelry. And I get it. The offensive side of things is what's very attractive and what makes people very, very sports horny, as a friend of mine would always coin. <laughs> and I think Tyron Matthew, like when you think about the jersey sales in Kansas City, who are the three that you, who are the four you always see, right? You see Kelsey, you see Mahomes, you see Tyreek, and you see 32 for a fact. And, you know, you don't see a lot of 95s and a lot of 55s and 38s, obviously, yet. I, I'll tell you what, I'll get a 38 jersey eventually. When you're purchasing a, a jersey, you need staying power, and I think right. he has that. And he has that. Now, you want to talk about staying power. Somebody went from being a return specialist to a receiver, and that man is Tyreek Hill. And so many people just continue to get under this man's skin. Pete, you talked about Stefan Diggs, and uh, it just kind of brings up that Tyreek Hill kind of comp yeah. uh, that we have going into this game. Well, that that was one thing that I was curious about with Tyreek Hill when we had the press conference yesterday because he is a student of the game. He always watches these other receivers to try to pick things up. And so that was one thing I asked him about was about Diggs. And it, as you'll hear, it, it turned into something else. Uh. I don't know, man. Um, I just love, uh, I just love his, uh, his uh, rack ability. You know, like when I think of Stefan Diggs, I think of rack ability, and I also think about you know being able to like get in and out of breaks and his routes and stuff like that. He's a great receiver. Um, he's one of the top receivers of the game, and I, you know, I really respect him. You know, so I mean, we just got to see who has the better game, him or Kelsey, because I'm still a return specialist. I know that's actually what I was going to ask you about this return mm-hmm. specialist thing. It happened a couple of years ago. Was that like the greatest right. gift you could have gotten for your career as far as just like yeah. everyday motivation, that type of thing? Oh yeah. Yeah, man. That's definitely, you know, up there um, high on the charts, you know, but I mean, I guess I fit well in the scheme. That's all I got to <laughs> say. I just fit well in the scheme, man. <laughs> got a great quarterback, great coach, great weapons all around me, great offensive line. So I just feel, I just fit well in the scheme. Tyreek, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, gentlemen. And gentle ladies. So there you go, Tyreek Hill. Gentle ladies. Yeah, very, I like that. Very polite. Thanks, uh, Brad, for letting us know that's that's it. As you can hear in his voice, this is still something that he thinks about every day. And, and what's most fascinating, and, and I'll play it for you because just, just as a reminder, here's what uh, Jalen Ramsey said ahead of the Chiefs and Love Jaguars it. game in 2018. I don't like how, uh, you know, whoever has made it a matchup, me against Tyreek. Um, he's good for what he does for their team. Uh, you know, he made all pro as a return specialist. Let's get that right. As a return specialist, uh, his rookie year. He went to two Pro Bowls as a return specialist. Return specialist. Two years, I, I made all pro in my position as a corner. Uh, went to the Pro Bowl as a corner. Um, so it's not a wide receiver versus corner matchup. Um, so we can get that out of the way off off bat. As a reminder, this was early in the 2018 season. The Jags were coming off their AFC title trip. They didn't win. And they were feeling themselves a little bit. Jalen Ramsey was feeling himself. and How'd that work out for him? Not great. Yeah. It was a 30-14 to 14 Chiefs win. And really, the Jaguars were never the same. Ramsey has actually been traded since. Ramsey is still elite, but he's on the Los Angeles Rams now. And I just find it very 
entertaining and fascinating that, you know, Tyree Kill is so good that he has to hang on to that mm-hmm. reminder. And I don't blame him because that's, you know, you hear it in, in Ramsey's voice. That's the ultimate motivation. And you could tell, you could tell that he's still thinking about those words every single day. And that's why I asked him, I think it was the greatest gift that anyone could have given Tyreek Hill was a public, almost like a shaming. You're not even a wide receiver, bro. And what has he done since? Just make all pro teams, you know? Yeah, he's just murdered the competition when it comes to the receiver, and he just took it personal. And I think, I mean, you know what? All I'll add to that, Pete, is thank you, Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> thank you for pissing him off into a way that has made him a top three wide receiver in the NFL. Coming up, we do the remember when. I think you all remember this. I'm sure you know exactly where you were. It's a top three play in this man's young career of already 50 top plays. Also, are we really sure? Are we really sure Buffalo is ready for a game like this? All of that on the Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Like. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Coming up in just a short bit, the guys in Fesco in the morning, Fesco, Kling, and Vikowski. The crew. Yeah, I don't know why I say his name with a Russian accent. Why not? Because it's awesome. Vian Vukowski. Vukowski looks he, like he feels good enough not to have to do a press conference today. Yeah, he... <laughs> the white Russian, Ryan Wukowski. A little smooth. Not for everybody, but he gets the job done. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means. Dusty Like, it's Pete Sweeney with you here on the Running Back Playoff Show, 610 Sports Radio. Thanks to you all. Who have supported this, you can find this show for your convenience on the radio.com app. 610sportsradio.com. Check it out. Download it. Like it. Share it. Tell your friends. Get up early if you really like it. We have some people that told us yesterday they get up and go to the gym and turn us on. That turns us on when you tell us that <laughs> on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line 913-576-7610. Pete, man. Seems like yesterday it was uh, the Tennessee game, the AFC Championship game, where uh, where young Patrick Mahomes turned the world on its uh, on its backside and showed everybody what this man could really do, other than throw the football. Second and ten as that Tennessee defense drops back. As Long who tried to make a diving and tipped it, Mahomes who tipped those inside the ten, still not out. Oh, what a run! I tell you, from the second quarter of last week when they scored seven straight possessions to what's happened right here in this game, down 10-0, to this quarterback has played at a level you just don't see very often. Everything is almost, I mean, watch this. I'm like, okay, he's probably down. He's going to run out of that. Oh, gives him a little shake. Oh, he's definite. No, I'm going to keep going. Come back in. Three more guys. No. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes. You're right, they had him. It looked like two or three times. He takes him 86 yards in a minute and 40 seconds. Well, you can't be calm in the pocket. Be poised. Have a big arm. Be able to 
the slide move, great instincts, and then outrun for 30 yards around three people and take on everybody. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you can. Rare. If wow. you are. Mahomes with a 27-yard run to go ahead 21-17 to over the Tennessee Titans in last year's AFC championship game. Chiefs never looked back. They won the game 35-24, to and that is one of Patrick Mahomes' signature plays, and more so than, as you, as you were saying, the arm angles and the arm talent, but just right. a big league gamer that is not going to lose the football game it's just crazy because i think at that point in the season i think that was the play that sat atop of mahomes's career in mm. this young career it's I still it. it's still might. i mean Over i know wasp, wasp, i yeah. know wasp is the difference in this play for me is that it was just mahomes himself i right. mean hill hill had a nice part in that the, the blocking to an extent in, in wasp i'm talking about but this is just said mahomes is like all right this game is a little too close for comfort I'm about to take it over. And the Chiefs never looked back in that game. I think it's a good time to remember that play because it shows the significance of maybe this toe injury that yeah. we don't think about Patrick Mahomes' legs as being a weapon because of how great his arm is. And like you said, the angles and the, the different slots that he can get it through and the way that he reads defenses. But, man, how many times have you seen it on third and eight, third and nine, where everybody's just like, ah, oh, crap, we got to get back and play defense. Yeah. And then here's this, here's this young man that's like, I'm going to get you with this 5-3 speed. Well, especially toward the end of games this year. I think about the L.A. game, Tampa right. comes to mind, where maybe he hasn't used it a lot all game. And so the defense is hyper-focused on defending these receivers, and he just scoots and scoots and scoots and ensures that the Chiefs get a first down. For years, closing games had been a problem for Kansas City. Right. And Mahomes just says, no, we have the lead. We're not going to give it up. It's pretty crazy how the quarterbacks flopped or flip-flopped their roles. As everyone always said that Alex Smith would tend to run a little bit too early and mm. not throw it. And now it's Mahomes always throws it and seems to know exactly when to run. More times uh, than not, he makes the right decision, which is very impressive to do on the fly, especially this early in his career. You know, right. It's a it's a point that I, I hit a lot on these types of shows, but – Still 25. I mean, th these guys are supposed to peak around the age of 27 or 28, so still improving, which is crazy to say. It's also going to be funny when he turns like 33 and they're going to be like, remember when he did this run? Yeah, he didn't do this anymore. <laughs> he still bombs <laughs> it down the field. <laughs> just in the pocket. Yeah. This, is, this happened? Oh, yeah. Uh, Pete, this is a question I had. Are we sure? This isn't supposed to be a homer take, but are we sure Buffalo's ready for this game? Like, are mm. they as a team? Now, I know they're going to probably get – Coach of the year, McDermott. I think he's ready to take the role on as a as a as a long tenured coach. I don't think that this team is a flash in the pan. What I mean by this is, if they're really going to be the rival that holds up in the AFC against the Chiefs, which I think they have a lot of potential to do it. I think their quarterback is built for the future. I think they have a receiver that's entered his prime uh, last year, so he's got at least two to three more years left of of being a solid outside guy. This team's got a solid defensive core built around this team. But it just seems like this is a year in which Buffalo's ceiling is getting to the AFC Championship game. This seems like a year where they are built for playoff success. I'm not quite sure they're built yet when it comes to the mental part of it. Again, football's a long, long season. 
And the Chiefs now have been in this game for a third consecutive year with basically the same guys. Like everyone on this team has done this for three straight years. If you want to give it a out of 22 total guys, this team knows what it takes to get to this point and it knows what it takes to get to the next. Buffalo kind of reminds me of that team that they're right now playing with a little bit of house money. Yeah, they are. And I say that because they were just coasting in weeks 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Because you are promised tomorrow. There is none of that pressure. There is none of that, okay, as soon as that 60-minute clock starts in the playoffs, you are losing time fast. Now Buffalo's in the AFC Championship game. They're playing against the juggernaut, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're finally going to travel. In the previous two games where they played Indianapolis, they squeaked by Indy. I'm not being a homer. I'm not being a biased local guy. They didn't handle Indianapolis the way that anybody thought they would. They could have lost Indianapolis. Very fair to say. They played Baltimore in a game that everyone wants to say, well, it was windy. Well, you're from Buffalo. You're playing in your stadium. Know the conditions. And they won 17-3. to The margin of victory there is, is quite obvious that they won by two scores. But it was really just a dud game until Lamar Jackson was gone. And when Lamar Jackson was gone, then there was no question in my mind Buffalo had that thing wrapped up because they don't have, over in Baltimore, they don't have that type of, you know, built for success like the Chiefs do where they can put Chad Henney in there and possibly win. And that's what brings up my next point is that we're having serious conversations here that if Chad Henney plays this game and Patrick Mahomes doesn't, Buffalo can still lose this game. If Buffalo is what Buffalo thinks they are, a perennial Super Bowl favorite in the coming years, that shouldn't even be a debate. Buffalo right. should be like, well, Patrick Mahomes doesn't play slam dunk this on the way home. And here's the deal. If you're squeaking by and you're getting by on home games in the second round against a team that you should be better than, you now travel to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game to go to Tampa Bay. I'm not quite sure they're ready for the pressure that is coming and the type of game that is coming here. So I'm really, really watching to see their demeanor, their their flow, and everything like that because last week when Cleveland came to town, and I'm not comparing Cleveland to Buffalo, Kansas City was ready. It didn't look like a playoff game to Kansas City. And this is that part, if you want to give it a video game analogy, where it goes from all pro to all Madden, and you cannot make mistakes. And Buffalo hasn't looked like a team that is ready to get to the Super Bowl promised land. And the Bills needed a 101-yard interception return to put the game away, right? If Lamar Jackson doesn't make that boneheaded play, if you watch the game, really just threw it right to the defender, and there was this miraculous return, and then it was 17-3 instead of 10-10. This was in the end zone. And so they were that close to being in a game with the Baltimore Ravens. You lose Lamar Jackson, so I think you got to throw that game away. Chiefs lost Patrick Mahomes. They were able to still push through and when the Browns had the, had the ball in their hands. And then I'll make this last point quick because I know we're against it here. But you would say, okay, the Colts are an inferior team to the Chiefs, and so are the Ravens. I think we would have all agreed on that. The Bills scored 27 against the Colts. Right. And they scored 17 against the Ravens. If Patrick Mahomes is healthy and ready and good to go, on Sunday, those point outputs are not going to cut it. You got to be at least 30 to feel like you're safe. Like, granted, the Chiefs don't always score above 30, but they usually right. do. But they at least when score they're clicking 20. on all cylinders, right? So you just look at those games. 
I could agree with you. I, I think the Bills are, are maybe a little bit better than you're giving them credit for. But would I be in complete, utter shock if somehow the Chiefs just pulled away from this game and made it not even a game? No, I wouldn't. Your chance to win some Chiefs tickets. Also, we set you up for the rest of the day here on 610 Sports Radio as you continue to listen to the Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens here on 610 Sports Radio. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Time flies when you have fun here on the Run It Back Playoff Show on a Thursday before the big Red Friday episode next Show here on 610 Sports Radio. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens here with you on a Thursday morning. Getting you set up for the guys on Fesco in the morning. Pete, you ready for tomorrow? Of course. Yeah. How could you not be? This is. Oh, man, I'm juiced. Four teams left. That's right. Championship weekend. Buffalo, Kansas City, man. These are typically the best games of the year. You never know how the Super Bowl is going to go. So we'll see. See how it goes. But. Keep it locked in on 610 Sports Radio today, getting you ready for this Chiefs and Bills game on Sunday. The boys of Fesco in the morning have Therese Paler at 8.30 a.m. And if you want to go to this game, if you want to be in the stands, be listening to Fesco in the morning today between 8.30 and 9 a.m. for your chance to get registered for a six, a four-pack of tickets every five minutes. They're going to be giving away a chance to get these tickets. So if you want to go to this game, make sure you're listening. Again, eight between 8.30 and 9 a.m. Patrick Mahomes is the big story. Uh, practice limited yesterday. It seemed uh, back and forth when it came to how much he practiced, what he did do at practice today, Thursday. We watched more of that. Also, a few others, Pete, that we'll also keep our eye on. Yeah, and it's an interesting day, too, because the coordinators will speak to the media. And so sometimes you'll get additional insight from Eric Bieniemy and Steve Spagnolo and your boy Dave Tobe. I know you're a big Dave Tobe guy. Big time. But you, you're really looking at the injury report today. We talked about it to start the show. You're, of course, wondering if Patrick Mahomes is going to get an FP, which is a, a full practice. But we got our eyes on other players, too, uh, like Bashad Breeland, like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Rashad Fenton, Sammy Watkins. And you hope that maybe Willie Gay could get back to it. I, I think that's far-fetched to maybe think he's going to play in this game. A high ankle is, is serious, and, and it's tough to put weight on that. I if, if the Chiefs are able to win, I, I would eye gay more for the Super Bowl. But those other guys, I think, all have a real chance to play this weekend. I think Breland's the biggest one I'll keep my eye on just because of the offense that Buffalo likes to do. They like to go four wide. You got Legereus Need, Tyra Matthew that you know you can trust. Um, and I think Bashad Breland's one of the biggest names that we look forward to on this practice squad. Mm-hmm. Um, we also talked about I think Tyra Matthew's legacy could be built uh, to an ultimate high top five Chiefs defensive player of all time. And um, we just mentioned that Buffalo's ready for this game. I know I'm ready for this game, Pete. Um, Have you thought of your final score yet? Are you going to save that for tomorrow? I'll save that for tomorrow because I think it's worth uh, shocking the city of what I truly think. <laughs> okay. I mean, I just really That's truly. That's a deep tease right there. It is, man. Nice. I mean, it's, 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 it's a little bit below the skin. But uh, my biggest thing today is just is literally seeing how Bashad Breeland can, uh, can get through this protocol as well as uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and how much he practices, how much Sammy Watkins practices. Pete, um, Buffalo, Kansas City, any last words you got before Friday's big bread Friday show here on the Running Back Playoff Show? I I think if Mahomes plays in this game, which it's, it's trending toward that, I just don't know how Buffalo wins. You're never going to pick Josh Allen in an Allen-Mahomes matchup. If this is the future of the AFC, we're going to find out real quick if Buffalo's ready. I'm not sure they're ready for the Super Bowl. I think this is their peak. I think the defense is ready to come out and help the offense. I think the offense, if it has 15 to support it, 
is ready to go tomorrow. It's Red Friday, Kansas City, but right now it's 5.56 in the morning, so you know the guys from Fesco are ready to rock and roll. Ryan Wachowski, Josh Klingler, Bob Fesco, followed by Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Steven Serta, and then the guys from the drive, Levine and Carrington. Just a little tease here, Daryl the Barrel will be joining the guys from Cody and Gold. And Dusty Likens repeats Sweeney his Run It Back Playoff Show on 610 Sports Radio. Be easy, Kansas City. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. 